0: for you to make that leap to a more fulfilling career. Hey guys. So today's guest is Vanessa Kuljus. She's the founder of Bloomrise LLC and is a Gallup certified strengths coach, which you guys probably know by now I am obsessed with. <laughs> uh, she works with lawyers and other professionals to discover their individual talents, own their unique value proposition and move towards setting and achieving authentic goals. Vanessa was previously the director of professional development and leadership initiatives at the University of Miami Law School. And before that, she was a big law litigation associate. So Vanessa and I originally met in a business coaching group that we're both in and just immediately connected over our similar career paths and also sort of our shared approach to finding this really like aligned work. So I'm so happy to have her on and one thing she mentions in this episode which which I really appreciated was that you know courage isn't the absence of fear. We all have fears around change. That's totally natural and normal, but it's really about finding a way to push through those um to make a change. Uh and that's also kind of the purpose of this escape quiz that I created. It helps you identify which of these fears because there are a few sort of large categories of them that might be particularly holding you back and then gives you a few just baby steps that you can take to start moving past it. So if you haven't already taken it, links in the, in the notes, I think it might be a little helpful for you guys. Okay, let's jump into this episode. I really, you guys are going to love this one. I think there's a lot to get out of this conversation. So hope you enjoy.
1: Vanessa, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Megan. Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, of course. I'm very happy to have you, and I'm really excited about today's conversation. But we'll start where I always start, which is what took you to law school in the first place?
1: Uh, I think the most honest answer is curiosity. I'd always been told, you'd be be a great lawyer. Whatever that meant to all the people around me who were not lawyers. Right. And and I was always curious about it all through high school and probably before then. And so I I decided to, to go for it after college and went straight through. I was one of those people who started law school at Right age of twenty two. Yeah, um, was honestly really curious. I, I always loved writing and speaking, and all of the things that you imagine lawyers do.
0: Yeah, and it was yeah.
1: Curiosity about
0: what it would actually be like. I know it is always crazy how young we are when we make this kind of like huge decision to go into this professional school. Like, you know, it just—it's a big decision. <laughs> For such a, someone so young, especially when you go straight.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it was good for me at the time to go straight through because yeah. I, you know, it kept up the momentum and I didn't really I wasn't really able to take time off in between. But um I tell people all the time now, if you can if you can take time off in between and get some work experience, do it. It's, yeah. It's great.
0: Yeah. I mean I did that and still didn't save me from making mistake <laughs> like going the hospital, you know. I I would also advise people to take some time to think about it, but... Exactly. It's no rush. (laughs) So what was your experience of law school? Did you like it?
1: Sort of, was it what you expected? It was a huge challenge. Um, It was not what I expected. It was a whole new world of people that I felt like knew way more than me. Um, Yeah. I, I felt capable enough being there, but I didn't know what to expect, really. I didn't have many lawyers around me. The only person I had was, he was, I mean, he was great. He was my friend's dad. He was a criminal defense attorney and kind of, you know, showed me some of the ropes um, in advance. But aside from that, like, it didn't have anyone to ask the messy questions to. Right, right. Um, So I took it one day at a time. It was, like, I always tell students this, right, or or potential law students this. you, You can read all the books. You can ask all the questions, but there's no substitute for actually just getting there and figuring yep. out and kind of honoring what you need through the whole process because it's a process.
0: It is. And it's such a unique little universe, right? Like it's, you kind of can't know what your reaction to it is going to be until until you're there. No,
1: no. It's a pressure cooker that, uh, you know, for better or worse, right? Like teaches you yeah. something about yourself along yeah. the
0: way. It really does. I think it highlights like, you know... We all know those, like, gunners who were in class, and I was like, oh, wow. So that's not, that's not me. I'm at the other end of the spectrum, apparently, you know, but, you know, I might have thought I was more of a gunner if I would looked at my college experience, right? Just it's because you're in sort of, you know, sort of people who are pretty intense by nature, you know, all together in one
1: place. <laughs> There's a lot of intensity for sure. For sure. And being true to yourself is a is a challenge when you feel like, you know, maybe I should be like more like this or more like that. Right, right.
0: So were there like areas of law that you got into where you're like, yeah, I know I want to be in litigation or whatever? Like how did you sort of navigate what specifically you wanted to
1: do after law school? So I have to think back about this because actually (laughs) I think one of the first things I was interested in was health law. I just thought it was fascinating, which is actually funny in hindsight now that we're in the middle of a global pandemic. I, thought yeah. I still do. Um, but I, I went nowhere near that actually in reality. Um, I, kind of, I was one of those people that even after internships, I straddled the world between corporate practice and litigation. Mm-hmm. I became a corporate litigator. Um, but I found that to be a hard choice. Right, yeah. It's the business side of things and learning about different businesses and entrepreneurs and companies and people. Um, but I couldn't make a choice that wouldn't allow me to do the stand up work or, or mm-hmm. hope stand up work. Right. That was right. what got me and what I've always been good at or the best at. Yeah. Yeah. I ended up making the decision. But it was hard actually for me. I know some people yeah. are black and white, like corporate versus litigation. I was not. I was in the middle. I did both
0: like my first year was sort of a rotational system of sorts. And so I did a little of everything and I entirely thought I wanted to do litigation sort of for that reason, maybe. But then I was like, Oh, I hate research and writing and I'm not very com- you know, like competition isn't high for me. So, nope. and I, I just, I realized I wasn't prepared to, but it, be- it became very clear to me that corporate was a better fit for me than
1: litigation. Yeah.
0: But I had no idea that that was going to happen in law school.
1: No, that's so funny yeah. because I actually love the research and writing. I was an English and psychology major in college. Yeah. And so the research and writing I was always really good at and actually weirdly enjoyed. Um, but I at the competitive thing, you got me there. That was really what yeah. it was. I had no desire to one up anyone. I just wanted yeah. to have a thoughtful argument and help somebody. And that's does not, it's not conducive to the adversarial system. Let's just put it that way.
0: Yeah, exactly. So what was your sort of overall experience of, of working in the firm?
1: So my first law firm, I summered there twice. I was a summer associate, first and second year of law school. And I actually really liked that experience. But it's tough because I, I don't know that I could have seen myself being a practicing lawyer in that setting for the rest of my career. And clearly, I'm not anymore. Yeah. Um, but I did really respect everyone that I met. Like I really, I also rotated a lot in my first, well, my two summers, mm-hmm. and I felt like I got to know lots of different people. And I really, I really valued everyone I met. So I love the fact that I got to start at a big firm.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: The firm I started, it just happened to be a good fit for me. Yeah. So I think it was, I don't regret any of it. I think it was a great place to start. And I felt really lucky that I got to start there. So yeah. I, used to be, um, I mean, look, I'm a child of immigrants, right? And so I used to sit um, kind of in our financial district and look at the building. And I would say to my now husband, I'm going to be in that building one day. And I would kind of say it jokingly, like, yeah, right. I mean, I hope so. Yeah. So I, I felt like that the whole time, like super lucky that I got to be there.
0: Right, I,
1: I Right. The experience was that sense of, oh my God, I'm here. I'm I'm right, right in this place where I would sit outside and wonder if I could be an insider.
0: Right. Like the goal was sort of to achieve that,
1: less so to ask whether you
0: actually wanted it in some Mm -hmm. ways.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then getting to the question where do I actually want it was really hard.
0: Yeah. How did that kind of evolve for you? At what point did you start saying maybe this is not the place that is right for me?
1: I had a really good conversation about this with somebody recently, and it was this gnawing feeling of I want to build something. Hmm. That's the best way I can describe it. But I didn't understand how to articulate that then.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But I think I, and now, you know, now that I have my own business, I think it's something I've always wanted. I just didn't want to admit that that's what I wanted because. I just was given the keys to this kingdom. Right. Like coming right. in. and right. you know, I did respect a lot of it, but it wasn't a hundred percent my highest and best. It was yeah. an important step along the way. Yeah. and I So think what was I your that,
0: next? Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: Oh, I think I knew that, but didn't know how to articulate that. Right. So what did you ended up moving on to then? So I actually went to another firm and and I didn't leave initially my first law firm because of anything interpersonal at all. Like sh- I still, yeah. you know, very much keep in touch with folks. Um, yeah. and respect the place a lot, but I wanted to do a different kind of work. I wanted to be a lot more hands-on with clients because I mm-hmm. realized I love working with people and a lot of times in big law especially you don't. Yeah. You're yeah. you know, you're a desk litigator as I say. <laughs> it's you Yeah, yeah exactly. Doctor, research you're not yeah. really advising, and I wanted to be in front of more people and do more of the client, you know, advising and business development, and just be doing more of the writing of my on my own too. Like there was also that yeah. piece of it. So I moved to another law firm, and then we ended up moving to New York, which was the mm-hmm. the life circumstance that I think changed it all and allowed me to make a new decision. I think life gives us yeah. those beliefs in that way.
0: I know. I'm always looking for life to give me those because, like, in some ways, it, it makes it easier, right? Like, you're like, oh, well, mm, situation changed. Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. It yeah. You have to be, I always feel like you have to be able to see possibility to plant it. You know, like, yes. you have to be able to see the opportunity to actually look at it that way.
0: Yeah. And did you feel like in that last position that you had sort of been playing with the ideas of what else? you know, you would do because it sounds like, you know, like compared to me, it sounds like you liked practice more. (laughs) So how did you start to sort of feel like, uh, okay, like given the opportunity, I'm not going to go find another job in a law firm. I'm going to like reimagine what I'm doing.
1: Yeah. So I think there was a couple of things in my experience at the time that started planting seeds. So I got the really cool opportunity at my first law firm to go to London on a secondment. And so I was six oh, months amazing. Ago. I know. I love to this day. London is one of my favorite cities of all time. I did a semester of law school in London. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah. A, <laughs> yeah. I oh, I have such a, like such a soft spot in my heart for that. Yeah. Place. Uh, yeah. Me too. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. And, and, you know, like being at the client for this for six months, like really getting to see the inner workings of a, of a large bank and, um, and then, really, being the point person for client service, and not even just client service, just people—like people are just people, right, right? And I wanted to be that point person, and I didn't know what to do with that, but I loved, you know, the fact that it was—it was totally different culturally. Um, it was really interesting. I was getting to know the inside of a business, and I just thought, there's something here that I don't think I fully explored. Yeah. And then I kept doing um, my entrepreneurial journey. I wouldn't say started early, but the idea of it started early. So I would do these startup competitions and uh, we won one of them once, which was pretty cool. But I would meet all these other entrepreneurs and I'm like, I totally belong here. This is great. And they yeah. would all call me for advice, which was really interesting. And I ended yeah. up having one as a client later. So I think that was, I just realized I love working with people. It's about the relationship for me. And yeah. I don't know that I get to do that every day. So there's something unexplored. Yeah. That was the seed I think that was planted.
0: Yeah. So you went to New York because of your
1: husband's job, right? Yeah. So he was at the same time, I think where I don't know, either really ambitious or gluttons for punishment, but he's in the medical field. <laughs> <laughs> and he was he got at this great fellowship and I have a ton of friends in New York and, and I just thought, you know what, it's good for you. I think it'll be good for me. Um, mm-hmm. Let's just do it. Let's go in on this. It's a it was a fantastic opportunity for him too. Yeah. So we moved that you know one summer and um, ended up spending a year in New York. And so, what did you do in New York? So I thought, well, I have two options. I either take the take another bar exam, um, which I would have had to wait another. We moved in the summer, so I would have, I would have had to wait to February. February, yeah. Or I take this time and see what other options there are in New York City. There's so yeah. many really interesting things. So I, um- I
0: have to say that moving to New York really opened my eyes in that sense that people are doing such a range of things, and I was like, "That's a job," or like that, or like I met a lot of lawyers doing things on the side. I, there just was like, I, I'm sure this is true everywhere. Maybe I just wasn't tapped into that, but I really found it inspiring to be in New York and seeing oh, yeah. like just how many how broad
1: the world was really in a way it it's amazing actually when yeah. you get there like you know this conceptually you know it's going to yeah. be this melting pot of amazingness yeah <laughs> yeah there and you don't realize really how much there is that you never even knew you didn't know yeah yeah it was amazing i mean again it sparks my curiosity big time i was really yeah Really, exciting.
0: it also helped that not literally every one of my friends was a lawyer by the time I moved there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> as as in in Boston, they had, you know,
1: yeah, a, lot, a lot of mine, and then the circle grew. And
0: yeah, it yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So like, you were only there for a
1: year, though, right? So, yeah. so I ended up taking almost that almost the full year to explore and try different things because I started. I got really busy doing that, so I got a. Uh, I got involved in different things. Like one example is net impact because I'm really interested in sustainability mm-hmm. and social social enterprise. And so I got really involved in that, which was really cool. And again, kind of entrepreneurial, but also tying in some other interests. Yeah. Um, ended up getting my yoga teacher certification. Cool. And something in me was always interested in that. And I just didn't know I was always a gym rat and not so much a yogi. Self-being, yeah, not a flexible human, and totally <laughs> changed my life. I don't say that lightly. It really, I get it now. Yeah, uh, it changed the way I feel in my body. I feel better now than I did ten years ago, just physically, which is amazing because of yeah. practice. So I found something really meaningful that I didn't realize I didn't have when I was in practice. I was out of shape and didn't feel good in my body. Yeah, I love that. It's like giving yourself the opportunity
0: to just experiment with things that interest you, that you're feeling drawn towards, not for any reason necessarily. Like, like maybe it's going to be my job, or maybe it's just
1: something that will enrich my life. Yeah, and that was what was missing. Yeah, that's what I feel like legal education misses all the time. And yeah. I ended up, you know, long story short, ended up working in legal education, and that's what I ended up, you know. Channeling myself into a New York um, towards the end of my time there, um, but it, it, you know, a lot of the times we kind of get indoctrinated into this very traditional profession. This is the way you should be. Is the yes. message? These are the things you should want, and that's a really exhausting framework, right? Yeah. And it doesn't really work, and it's antiquated, and you know, doesn't it? it doesn't represent everybody, which is yeah. hurtful to to you know a lot of people, and so. Yeah. I think that was like a returning to curiosity that was really valuable. Grant. Yeah. And I was just listening to, you know, I listened to a million podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> I think I told you about this. Uh, Burning <laughs> Brown and yeah. Adam Grant having yeah. a conversation about approaching life like a scientist.
0: Yeah. Not about
1: you're yeah. certain about anything. It's about having the openness and the curiosity and testing your hypotheses. Yes. So liberating.
0: I know. Right. Because we really aren't taught that in your legal education, right? There's just, there's kind of a way and you should execute it. And the idea Mm -hmm. that you'd, first of all, make a bunch of mistakes, quote unquote, along the way is horrifying. (laughs) Just not built into the culture of how you learn necessarily. Mm -hmm. Um, And and just because of the intensity of it, I, I feel like it sort of channels you into being a very one dimensional person right like just time wise your your stress like mentally you feel like all of your energy is going into this one thing and you forget to do anything outside
1: that experiment yeah. have fun <laughs> yeah you know? and the irony of it is you know and having worked in legal education i get asked this all the time you know like what 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 should i major in if i want to go to law school what should i major in in college don't major in anything law related. Go do something yeah. interesting. Whatever piques your interest, whatever is going to make you a better thinker and writer. Go do. Yeah. That. yeah. And yet, when we get to law school, we maybe forget that that was something that's highly valued. Right. Exactly. So
0: you've sort of you've referenced it, but what you ultimately went and did was just
1: like me, ended up at a, at a law school. <laughs> yeah, that's and I think really resonates yes. because we yeah. have a parallel experience. Yeah. Um, so I started working for the SEO program, which then stood for uh, Sponsors for Educational Opportunity. And mm-hmm. they were this pre-law internship that I did actually before law school. And I credit the program a lot because I had no idea what I was getting into. Again, had very, yeah. very limited insight into what it would be like to be a lawyer. I had No one in my family who had done it and um and i felt this strong sense of i want to give back cuz it gave me so much and it's it's a it's a program for diverse law students and um puts you in a in a corporate internship with a big law firm mm-hmm. and as a 0L which is which is really unheard of like you don't yeah. do that yeah and there's law school prep and counseling and mentorship and all of that stuff mm-hmm. and i just thought I think this might be the right thing. It's people-focused. You know, we're working with the next generation of students, found that I loved working with bright young professionals. Yeah. And that was the beginning of working with students. I ended up staying nice. on STEM for a year after I came back to Miami, actually. Oh, wow. Wow. I was remote and online before we all worked <laughs> Right? <laughs> yeah. So...
0: Did that really sort of resonate with you? And like, did, were you feeling in that moment that you were like on the right track?
1: I felt like I was getting closer. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I was working directly with students. We we were there was a semblance of building something that I was starting mm-hmm. to get closer to. Also, because I worked a little bit with the program design and development. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I was part of kind of you, kind of a jack of all trades when you're when you're in one of those roles. Yeah, so I was getting a little bit closer to that, and it was more. um, Authentic and uh, authentic in that way. Yeah, yeah. So, how long were you in that particular role? It was a little over a year, and then I transitioned to working at uh, the University of Miami, and that's that's where I worked in student services for about four and a half years. After that,
0: wow. So, what was your role within student services there? Because I know, like, different schools sort of. Pile different things into different offices.
1: Space. Yeah, yeah. And you still, you really still end up being a jack of all trades. I don't have to tell you this, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. we do. We wear all the hats, do all the things. Um, if you hear yelping, that's my puppy. <laughs> Sorry. It's totally fine. <laughs> it's kind of adorable, but I hope it's not distracting. Oh, no, it's fine. Um, so I I left when I was in the position of director of uh, professional development and leadership initiatives. And that was really my focus, was developing our young professionals, creating programs, building programs.
0: Um, Before
1: that, I came in as a student development director. So we were an independent department, um, just focused on supporting students, coaching, and basically doing everything that I didn't really have when I was a law student, which is a lot. I do think it's been...
0: My experience is that there are sort of programs and supports within law schools that... Definitely didn't exist when I was in in law school. So, you know, kudos to law schools for <laughs> who's trying to to evolve with with that stuff to some extent, right? I think it's we're
1: moving in the right direction because yeah. it's not a one size fits all, right? We're all different, and this is a great thing, and we want to honor that and honor what people came to law school wanting to do, yeah, um, whether, you know, i i want it I want it to be the case that less people feel disillusioned when they leave. And I think what right? Yeah. And I think what happens is um, I'm gonna quote Kelly Testy on this. She I don't know if she still is, but she was, I believe, the president of the LSAC. Mm-hmm. And she said this at a conference I was at once, and it's just like it's always stuck with me. And it it pinpoints this, this discussion perfectly. But she said, um, the gift of law school is that it teaches you to think like someone else. Yeah. The tragedy of law school is that you never unlearn that.
0: Oh, I love that. Because it's so true, right? Like it's, and you know, we talk about this a lot on this podcast and in general, And you and I have spoken about it of, of you're trained to think in this particular way and you're trained very well. Yeah. But then when it doesn't serve you, you've lost the connection to think differently. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you're trained to see maybe a particular perspective, but what if you were trained to see many perspectives and to see your own perspective more clearly? Like where does yours get? Lost in right,
0: life. right. There's like it's not individuality isn't built into this system.
1: No, 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 no <laughs> it's not. It's out of you, actually. Yes, That's exactly. Yeah, That's why I always feel like I don't regret going to law school. I don't. I didn't. It was painful because I think all good learning is uncomfortable. But the mm-hmm. unnecessary part of it was the detaching from that curiosity, detaching yeah. from part of me that really genuinely felt like I want you to make, I want this to make me a better writer. I want this to make me a better thinker. I want this to make me a better speaker and advocate. All that still feels true. Yeah. All the other stuff that we pile on top of that, that's unhelpful is what I think we can do away with.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And still have a really high quality education. Yeah. I mean,
0: of course, it then also plays into the culture of law firms and what's expected of you in that environment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think there's still some work to be done on that front. There's so much work to be done on that front. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so tell us now, like, you know, you were there for four years, but this entrepreneurial bug was still kind of percolating for you, Yeah.
1: It was always it was always there. Yeah. And I think now I know how to say this. I, there was always this urge to build something. and yeah. right? I think I'm an idea. I, to- I totally identify with that, and it took
0: me years to kind of all these experiments to be like, what do these things have in common? And it's like I'm building something. I'm like creating something and putting it into the world, and it's hard. It almost didn't matter what it was. Yeah. Like it did, but like I—that was the common thing. So I totally hear you when you say that. Like I get that.
1: Yeah, it's like this, or like this, this embedded need to create something. And yeah. I've always felt like a creative person, right? As much as I know that you know the creative wound is real, but like I've never felt that. I've always felt like I was really creative, and I was meant to be creating and doing yeah. something original. And every time I was told that wasn't acceptable, internalizing that is what pained me. Right, right. I
0: so deeply internalized it that I didn't realize I, that was part of me.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah but I do. I get it.
0: So how did that play out for you? How did you sort of
1: ultimately decide what it was that you were going to create? I think after a while I became open enough that it found me. Yeah. I like yeah. To spoil, right. Cause it's like, again, like when these things open up in life, it's not that they weren't always there. It's that you weren't always looking. Yes, and that's really yes. how I feel. So I started, you know, and a lot of this started in the middle of the pandemic, right? Was I yeah. I started to build programs and I actually was launching programs during the pandemic at the law school and yeah, you know, I was really working my tail off and trying really hard to to make this as to make the best of this. Mm-hmm. And um, I had gotten the certification that I was really excited about in in the Gallup Clifton string. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And it was something I advocated for. As, as you and I have discussed before, I love this, yes. and I'm one of these people that loves to reflect. Um, yes. In particular, was really practically effective for me. It yeah. was how so I was able to advocate for the title that I wanted, do more of the work that I wanted, actually make that real because I understood how to articulate who I was better. Yeah. And when I started talking more about it and just putting it out there, people outside of the law school would start reaching out. Oh, hey, you're 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 a Gallup certified Clifton Strengths coach. Can you come and do this for a group of my of my coachees? I'm a coach. I run this program. Can you come and do yeah. that? And I started getting inquiries like that, and I thought, oh, that's so exciting. Of course, don't we yeah. all need some positive psychology in our lives right about now? I'll, I'm happy yeah. to do it. And um, I was on another podcast, and it just kind of snowballed. And I just thought, here's something I can build that's really driven by the need, right? And driven right. something I'm excited about. It's a win-win. Yeah. And so yeah. I started kind of building this on the side and and it started growing and I thought, this is so exciting. I don't want to miss I don't want to miss the the opportunity to serve in this way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What I keep coming back to is like, yeah, it was something that was a need in me. But when I really got that it wasn't about me, that's what made me want to do it more. Yeah. Like you
0: were just sort of finding that thing that when you did it was like so helpful to other
1: people. Right. Which feels like, Oh, I'm really doing a thing that matters. Yeah. It made me brave because not like if it was just because I wanted to build something, I wouldn't have taken any leaps.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And taking the leap is hard, right?
1: Yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) How, How do you, how do you like get past that? Like, this is an idea. I mean, you had the benefit of having a little bit of traction going already, but you know, it's still a big leap and still scary. Oh yeah, and that's yeah. The thing.
1: like I—I I make no I, I want people to hear this, right? I am yeah. not fearless at all. Yeah, and I can say this really confidently now. Current uh, is not the absence of fear—not even close. Um, yeah. Changing what you're—you know, your status quo, changing how you get paid, changing yeah. how you're working—all of that stuff is a huge change. Yeah, and change is really uncomfortable. And it is not the absence of fear that makes you do it. It's just that there's something that's just a decibel louder than your fear.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. You know, I always say like, for me, it always turned out that the thing I was, I was afraid, but I was more afraid of being stuck. And I was more afraid of doing something that wasn't fulfilling. And so Mm -hmm. you just sort of try and leverage that and, and jump
1: and you're never, you never feel ready.
0: Right? Like that's the other thing.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I guess you never feel certain. Right. right. And as, as, a, as a recovering perfectionist, I had to get over the fact that it wasn't going to be perfect. I wasn't going to do everything perfect. I wasn't yeah. going to make the quote unquote perfect decisions. But what I could always hang my hat on was the quality of my work and that I was yeah. going to make it excellent. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like I, I knew that it wasn't going to be terrible, right? It, right. I was gonna like be- you could trust yourself. Ultimately, you you yeah. trust yourself. Yeah. Yeah, and I trust that it's of service, right? That it's not yeah. it's not for nothing. It's not just a whim. It's not just yeah. it's not informed, right? Like there's there was a lot of thought and heart and. You know, I thought as much about my family as I thought about what I was about to do. And I thought about yeah. the people I was serving. Like, it was really thoughtful,
0: right? right and it looks right. to
1: people on the outside like it's this quick thing. But it's not. You just sense yes. of it really quickly.
0: I think that's so true. I think I think people thinking about making a change see people like you go, okay, well, well you left practice. Now you've, you know, left sort of the law world, per, you know, mm-hmm. writ large. And it seems kind of cut and dry, but you're so right. It's not because like we don't battle with these things and it's not because it's an easy process, but it's because so much is happening under the surface that like most people don't see, but it's doing the work and it's being engaged and it's, um, like you said, being thoughtful about it rather than sort of just going where the wind takes you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and even in the work I do now, um, I mean, I know you're you're a fan of the strengths of the of the strengths obsessed.
0: And yes, and I know we're going to get into that a little bit more, but yes,
1: it's really it's really insightful because it gives you language to think through, like what what are these things that I couldn't articulate before, and what right. I mean for me was it looked like I wasn't doing anything to a lot of people, but yeah. it, there was a lot of internal process because I'm a thinker. Right. I'm I'm driven by deep thought and ideas and relationships. Those are my two buckets of influence. Yeah. Um, What looks like nothing to people is a lot of internal momentum so that when I act, it looks like things are happening really quickly. Right. Right. There's been an incredible amount of thoughtfulness and there's honestly a lot of internal work and my coaching coaching that, you know, like I took it upon myself to get coaching a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, um that momentum just seems invisible to everyone else. And yeah. I want to say that, right? Because like none of this was quick. Right. It was all worth it. And in the moment, I was just like, what, what am I doing, right? Like what is this yeah. process of, it's been 11 years since I graduated law school now. Right. So, you know, and I think people happening? sort of, they want the answer, right? Like who doesn't,
0: right? Mm-hmm. I, everybody wants the answer. Mm-hmm. And, and the truth is, I think you and I both share this belief that it is this internal work that takes time that helps you get this clarity, mm-hmm. but it is so help. Be- but it, that feels so amorphous. And so I think that's why, you know, something like the strengths finder is so helpful. Cause it, like you said, it gives you the language, it gives you like something to hold on to to start doing this thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah. So like, tell us a little bit about like, you know,
1: what you do with that and how it looks yeah, um, so I want to back up one one second. Yeah, yeah, something That reminded me of something I haven't thought about since I was probably a second year associate. But I remember seeing this quote that I still live by, and you and I, I think, have bonded over adventure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yes. was quote: uh, Life is an adventure to be lived, not a problem to be solved. I love that. Yeah. And I still feel that way. That's what I. I think that's the most motivating thing. Is we're supposed to explore an adventure and be curious and try different things. Right.
0: And the road there, it,
1: like, it's not, it's not the solution. That's what I always
0: say. I was like, mm-hmm. people feel frustrated in that sort of presenting issue is that they're not happy in their job. Mm-hmm. But, and I'm always like, yeah, you probably don't want that job. Like, yeah, agreed. But like, probably. do you just want another job? Or do you want to to sort of go on this journey of figuring out what would really resonate with you. And that process doesn't have to be you failing to solve the problem. It could be its own discovery, adventure, the, you know, the journey of figuring it out doesn't have Mm -hmm. to just be, um, Wasted time in, in someone's mind, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think we kind of torture ourselves with that thought, right? That we've got to yeah. solve the problem and then everything will be better. Yeah. Um, yeah. That. It doesn't work like that. And you know, even now, and turning back to the assessment, even now with the assessment, you know, this yeah. is not a this is not a cure-all, right? This is not we're not solving any problems. There's no problem. There's nothing wrong right. with you, right? Right, right. Wrong with your situation. It just is what's happening. And it's extremely uncomfortable. And I understand that completely and from experience. Right. (laughs) Um, But so what the assessment does is it focuses on your natural talents. So basically the ways that you're wired to think, feel, and behave, just your natural way of being. And all of these talents have been studied by Gallup to be tied to success. Yeah. They're actually measured through data to be things that make you successful. And there's 34 core talents. That sounds like a lot. But what happens is a sequence, and your your top ten in order, an order of dominance, tend to be the ones that you rely on the most. Yeah, that are just how you um, express yourself, how you find success. So, for example, um, one of them could be strategic thinking or adaptability. I'm using myself sort of as a yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, communication or um, activator. Um, I know yeah. tenses are different. It drives me crazy too, but just ignore the tenses. They're meaningful.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I thought about that when I was writing mine out. I was like, wait, is it, is it activation or active? <laughs>
1: Activator. Yeah. <laughs> nerds,
0: our nerd brains are like, ah, it does not compute. This is what law school does to your brain. <laughs> Exactly. It's like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And so like
1: how... How do people go about sort of leveraging this knowledge once they have it? So I go through it. It's like a, a three-step process when I when I coach clients. So it's the first part is awareness. Have you yeah. even thought about this part of you in a, in a long time? What does yeah. that mean? How do you feel about it? I would say your reactions are as important as your results. Yeah. Because yeah. we talked about competition briefly. That's one that's come up a lot, right, where especially among women – Oh, yeah. I know I'm competitive. I've known that my whole life. Ugh, you know, and you get this this reaction yeah. is a wonderful thing, especially if you're a litigator. By the way, right? Yeah, you yeah. Went to me when I was because I'm not competitive. you right. have a gift that I don't have. Yeah, and here's why it makes you so incredibly valuable to your clients if if you enjoy being a litigator. Yeah, yeah. and on the flip
0: side, if you don't have it, it's yeah. okay if your neighbor down the hall seems to love something, and you're like, Am I doing it? Am I just like, did I not get some memo? Because like, I'm not having that reaction to this work. 100%. But maybe there's a real reason why you're not having the same reaction
1: to the same yeah. work. Yeah. I think yeah. my competition is literally like my 32 or 33. It's way- Yeah, mine's
0: like way down there too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I would think that all the time, actually, about this partner that I thought was brilliant. And I just thought she loves thinking about how to one up the other side every day. Like she'll pass my office, walk with me. I have an idea. Oh yeah. my gosh, don't you stop thinking about this? And it's what makes you incredible. I would hire you if I needed an interview. Right, right.
0: Yeah. I think it I think it's that idea that like none of these are good or bad, but they can help sort of help you place yourself and understand what it is that you do or don't like about your current position and certainly what you might want to be leaning into like when thinking. Because I also my experience is that when lawyers are wondering what else they should do, they start with this list of like kind of obvious next lawyer job steps, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. oh, should I go in-house, which is like a very baby step, or should I go sort of work for the government or do legal recruiting or work at a law school? And it's like, maybe one of these things would be a good fit, but like, are you picking it because it's there and sort of obvious or because you've actually sort of thought through what, what work, you want to do.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I've, and I've, I've definitely been there, right. Where you do the whole, uh, like the skills analysis, like where can I stick these skills somewhere? Okay. But what about, yeah. what about the parts of you that you have left unexplored? Right. You yeah, know, exactly. I even Remember how to articulate what those are. And yeah. I, I, mean, I, had, I had an aha moment. I don't know if you did also, but when I saw some of these, you know, one of mine is adaptability. Yeah. It was really about being grounded and, um, Explains why I'm naturally drawn to yoga and meditation. Um, yeah, but it's it's about being present with people. It's actually a relationship building skill. Yeah,
0: and I always
1: thought it was a bad thing, right? I always thought it made me sh- I don't know um, maybe flaky or like wanting variety too much.
0: Oh.
1: but it actually yeah. got me really grounded and and I think is what is drawing you know has drawn me to to start my own business because yeah. I actually thrive and change and I don't dislike it as much as other people do, which really highlighted for me was I was, I think a lot more comfortable than some peers, which is neither good or bad. Right. Right. Exactly. I always felt weird because. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I've spoken about this before, but it's, it's, um, it was eye opening for me, both in what my strengths were and what my strengths were not. <laughs> you know, I, I don't have, I think I have one execution strength in that top 10. Um, and so when I started to think what work would I want to, I was thinking about sort of titles and what would make sense given my experience. Um, and I was thinking of like, you know, attention to detail is like, a strength of mine, because I had used that in all of my positions. But like, it turns out that's not really my jam. Like I can do it, but it's not, it's not what I want to construct my career around. Let's say that, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, it is exactly that, right? And I'm with you. I have one executing strength in my top 10. Yeah. Too. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't mean you can't get things done, right? So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But this is a really important thing that I like, talking about as well right because just because it's not your natural way of being doesn't mean that you can't it maybe points to who you want to partner with and yeah. other things actually do motivate you because I know I, I think a lot of us lawyers you know we're taught to be excellent and we probably are good at most of the things that we yes try to do but just because you can be good at it and competent at it doesn't mean that it's you're genius. It doesn't mean that it's what you're great at. It doesn't mean that yeah. it's what it's what lights you up. And right. that's actually really normal. And yeah. I want, I want people to get that, right? You can be excellent at something and not like it. And that's right. actually okay and really important information maybe showing you how that's maybe an ancillary skill that you can use to do something else that lights you. Up. Right.
0: And it sort of gives permission to say you don't have to do this just because you're excelling at it.
1: Yes. The sunk cost fallacy, by the way, is all like written all over lawyers' yeah. Law practice. Yeah. Right? Exactly. All the time. Well, I paid this much for this degree. I spent this much time focusing on legal practice. Um, yeah. But yeah, we'll have more time. Why would you continue to put it somewhere where you don't want it to be?
0: Right. That's why I think the awareness is such an important initial step of it, is to just get in touch with that stuff that we've been cut off because we
1: have this very deep training to function in a certain way. Yeah. And let yourself go there, right? Remember the things that make you, you and either notice where you're using them every day and what aspects of your life. And it could be at something unrelated to work. It could be in your hobbies. It could be at home. What are those, what are those areas where you see that strength or that talent expressed? Yeah. That doesn't make you feel. And then the next step in the journey, step two of three is appreciation, So how is it that you appreciate this about yourself? Yeah. And that's really where the mindset shift comes in because we want to shift from, oh, this is something I don't like. I have to fix something about me. I need to fix my weaknesses. No, that's exhausting. And that doesn't actually lead to success. Yeah. Appreciating what you do has allows you to shift from the weakness fixing model to the strengths investment model. Yeah. Which is a high return investment. Weakness fixing, low return investment. You don't want to do that. Yeah, but exactly. You know what You don't want. Yeah. Yeah. So when you learn to appreciate something about yourself, then you can say, okay, how do I leverage this, right? How do I find ways to express this in a way that's actually productive for me and by extension makes a huge contribution on the community around you? Because the right. more you're lit up and in your genius doing what you do really well, the more people around you are inspired and uplifted and helped and all the things that you actually want to create. Yeah. It's
0: funny. It makes me think how, whatever, like I was a good associate. I could do the work, but the thing that would also come up in my reviews was Megan's just always got this good attitude. Like we could be closing a deal at midnight and like, she's got a joke and she's just lift, like lifting the energy of, of the group. And I always thought like, that seems to be the, like that's the unique thing that I'm bringing to this, to the table. Now (laughs) I'm not sure it was, you know, Highly highly valued in that world, but it was noticed right, and it's a sort in of, it and, and in retrospect, having seen my strengths, I'm like, oh that it makes sense that that stood out as like that being a strength of mine,
1: you yeah, know? and that's and that's the thing like that's do you, i mean do you appreciate it now as part of your strengths? I'm looking at your, your yeah. strength, brand by the way, I have the yeah of seeing into your your yes, <laughs> yeah, i do i think I think
0: I probably. Look, I, I got this well after I left practice, but I think sometimes I would look at some of my strengths and say, that seems like a cool person to hang a- around with, but what, like, how does that translate into something professional? I think that might be a challenge a lot of people sort of face when thinking about what they're... I mean, maybe, maybe not. Maybe people are getting ones that seem very obvious how they connect to a profession. But for me, some of mine, I feel like it took a while to, to see how they could be translated into to work.
1: Yeah. And this one, the one that you're referring to is actually called positivity.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
1: I think it's six. six, Yeah, yeah. Um, Now how it's tied to success.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's been really my journey of the last few years of figuring out what I want to do has been um, has been looking at some of this stuff and going, how? Okay, I think I might be going down that road again of like not starting with that as in my mind, right? Just being like, what things am I quote unquote good at? What's the natural like next step? Like, I think I told you like when I was thinking about what my next step might be from, from working at the law school, I was like, well, I could go do like events at a law firm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that sounds horrible to me, but it's like kind of on the table as something that like, cause I basically did events at the law school.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and it sort of made qu- some sense, you know? And I think that looking at these strengths made me stop and think, all right, maybe I'm co- approaching this wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I hear that. And also like your positivity too, if, if I can, if I can add also what I see, cause it's, it's a huge, yeah. it was a huge component actually for me to make a shift before I really understood it. And I feel like you just do it so naturally that you don't realize that you're contributing something. It's like, it's too, it's yeah. as, clean as a nose on your face. It's too obvious. Right. Right. But when you're in a space of negativity or like, I don't want this, I don't want this, I don't want this, I hate this, I'm uncomfortable. I don't want to do this. You can't yeah. wait from that space. There's no, right. it's, it's unattractive. Yeah. It doesn't help you attract what you want. It doesn't help you come up with good ideas. It's impractical, actually. Negativity is impractical. Yeah. Yeah. Negativity is the opposite. Positivity says, I'm open to feeling good, right? And you know what? You deserve to feel good even if you're in an uncomfortable situation. Yeah. Freedom is a choice, right? And happiness is a choice. That is the most hard thing to practice in real life
0: yeah but I, and I think I think a lot of people get look myself included even with positivity high, high on my list it's it can be hard to lean into that when you feel so desperately stuck and also like we've said I feel like lawyers have been trained to kind of disregard this kind of like personalized reflection on themselves and their strengths mm-hmm. and so you do feel very stuck but but yeah but if you what's the natural like progression of that like then you're if you don't want to be uncomfortable and think through these things, then if you want to be really attached to that negative thought, mm-hmm. that's where you're going to stay.
1: Exactly. Right. right. Yeah. So the, I mean, you have, I think um, – Let me just look again. I think you have strategic right there, also. Yeah. You and I share strategic. um, But, like, the combination of these strengths, by the way, actually is really meaningful because the way that you express them in what order is your unique blueprint, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Your positivity with an openness to seeing the good, an openness to feeling good about things, an openness to creating that good feeling in the other and the people around you. Paired yeah. with strategic, which actually, by the definition of Clifton Strengths, is really about yeah. practical possibilities. Yeah, in a way where other people see obstacles. That's, yeah, it's such a cool experience, and it's hard to explain because you do it quickly and automatically. Yeah, yeah. Being a possibilities-focused person plus a positivity-focused person, it doesn't mean that you never feel bad. Right, those things together are actually really tied to success because you are the kind of person who is open to creating that for yourself. Yeah. You see possibility before you see obstacle. Yeah. And you create the emotional space to actually make something good rather than something bad.
0: Yeah. And that when you say it like that, I'm like, yes, that has always been a driving force of mine. Like that's why I keep evolving and changing. And because, you know, it just,
1: that feels like natural to me. Yes, (laughs) Yes, and that's why this podcast is such a contribution to people, because that's the vibe that you're putting out.
0: Yeah, you know, it was funny that when I looked at my top, you know, strengths, I was like, the podcast really leverages a lot of these.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What was your what was your thought? I'm curious. I think you've um, to me before, but I'm curious.
0: yeah, just like, you know, it's sort of communication is my number one so that one i guess is fairly obvious with a yep. podcast um futuristic sort of talking about you know envisioning something in the future something better sort of the positivity i guess comes into to that as well um i you know winning others over just meaning sort of like hey this is my philosophy of things and i want you to like and then there's includer in there. Come with me and like we'll make it better. Like yeah. let's move forward. <laughs> yeah. Like that kind of, Actually, you know. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, it was fun. It was funny when I got these. I was like, oh, like when you see something that you've just done, like I just started doing this just as like one of my many, many experiments of things that I thought might be entertaining. Mm-hmm. But part of why I have like stayed so invested in it is because I'm like, oh, this really gives me life. Like this seems like it's really leveraging a lot of my natural skills.
1: Yeah. 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 For sure. And you actually have activator too, which is one of the strengths I most envy. I do not have it. Um, but it's the ability to just start, like you said, like I'm just going to try this new thing. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I feel like when I surround myself in my life with activators, it all of a sudden gets more interesting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. But I think that's an interesting point of like, it's okay, whatever your strengths are, that's good. Mm -hmm. But it's like, leveraging those, but then also creating a team of people around you or support system or whatever it is of people that might have the other strengths to help kind of move
1: you forward where it's not natural for you. Yeah. And this is actually maybe an unwitting, but perfect segue to to the third part of this, of the coaching process. To recap, one is uh, awareness, two is appreciation, right, where you really start internalizing how this is an amazing and unique set of Talents that you have, and yeah. then the third one is application. And what one of the conversations around application, and where this is really useful, um, when I do this in teams, is you're not. And I really want people to hear this: you are not made with any holes or gaps or deficiencies, right? There's nothing yeah. wrong or missing from yeah. you. And what what you want to do as you're as you're creating your next steps and creating new goals and creating authentic goals is surround yourself with people that are your compliments, right? We are, yeah. we're not designed with gaps. We're designed for collaboration. We're yeah. designed for relationship. We're designed for team. And when you're yeah. looking at each other that way, then it becomes a really beautiful give and take, right? Yeah. Like, here's what I'm contributing to this project and to this relationship. And here's yeah. what you get to give to me and in allowing you know, myself to receive that from someone. Right. And it's right. to them and vice versa, right? Like, I'm also contributing what I have to offer.
0: Right, right.
1: You would, you know, you would benefit from. Right. So there's this. And for- how
0: everyone's functioning at a higher level. When they're in their strength and you're in your strength, and you're like right. superpowering it by doing it together.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. funny that you say superpowering it because I use the Marvel comics all the time. I'm I'm a little bit obsessed. I've seen all the movies, all oh, okay. the things, <laughs> um, and you know, like one of the prime examples is that right. You've got all these superheroes who have all these very different literal superpowers, and right, right. And they come together to form this dream team, and each one of them brings a unique value. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, I'll say this for my Marvel nerds: Are you a Marvel nerd as well, by any chance? I
0: am not. I'm not. Sorry Therefore. to say,
1: for for those out, I'm there. a nerd of very many colors, but that <laughs> is just not happening to be one of them. <laughs> you need both. you need both. Uh, but for those Marvel nerds out there, you'll get the reference. Yeah. But one of the quintessential scenes in one of the movies is when the. Bear with me. There's this alien yes. from space who's coming to, you know, destroy New York City. Mm-hmm. And um, and the Hulk is there and he's in his normal form as him, you know, his human yeah. form. And somebody looks at him and says, I think it was Captain America, and says, Now would be a really good time for you to get angry. And he goes, yeah. but That's my secret. I'm always angry. And he turns into the Hulk and takes down the monster, of course. Yeah, yeah. But that's the hallmark of a really good, uh, well functioning partnership, right? Where not only you yeah distributing or distributing, um, using your strengths, but you're also calling out other people's talents. Okay. Say, yeah. Now would be a good time for you to do your thing. I, yeah. see, I see you and I, and I, yeah. I want you to, to leverage that. Yeah. I mean, it, this is what I love
0: about thinking through this stuff is I think, you know, maybe this is my positivity again. I'm like, you guys just think of the possibilities of having this tool in your tool belt, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because I think so many people, when I talk to people through this podcast, and sort of it's they know they're not where they want to be, mm-hmm. but it's how do I get, how do I even start this process? And so I think it's really helpful to sort of, you know, collect these tools to utilize to sort of take these steps forward so you don't feel like you're making no progress towards figuring it out mm-hmm. or just sort of taking something that is the obvious next step, which I think a lot of people don't want to do because it's what got them where they are now. Yeah, right. That's not as intentional as it could be. Right. And so I think people maybe know that they want to be intentional, but they don't quite know how to be. So I think that's why, you know, StrengthsFinder and other things as well are so useful in in this sort
1: of journey. Yeah. And and I would say the most useful part of it is, at least for me, and this was my personal Story with it was, um, it allowed me to articulate who I was much better. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is what I actually do bring, right? Not this is what I don't like, which we're, we right. all look good at when we're not excited about what's happening. Right, right. Like, like, <laughs> saying this is what I do bring to the table, and here's what I need. Right. So, right. Like I know one of one of my strengths is intellect,ion which is deep thought, which yeah. is why I think I like writing. Which is why what I need to ask for is space, space to create, space to think, right? Not being bombarded with reactivity, right? Some people are really right. good at that, right? At yeah, spaces, this would what happen all the time, right? Where there are crises and things that come up, and yeah. so important and need to be handled by everyone, right? We all wear the hats, right? But that wasn't that wasn't my zone of genius, right? This is right, I, right? What I what you want me, someone like me for, right? Right, right. all the time right? What you want yeah. something like me for is, you know, thinking about ideas and building programs. So what I need from you is time to create. Right, and what right. I ultimately decided was, you know what, one thing I can never buy more of is time. Yeah. And so yeah. I'm going to give myself what I need in terms of I'm now going to take this time and create something of value.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have loved this conversation. You know that like I'm obsessed and I can talk about you and I literally talk for hours. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we pretty much just recorded a normal conversation that Vanessa and I would would have. (laughs) But so
1: Vanessa, let us know where people can find you and how people can work with you. Yeah, so you can find me on LinkedIn. If you just look me up by my name, first and last name, Vanessa Colges. Um, you can also find my company on LinkedIn, uh, Bloomrise Co. And then uh, my website is bloomriseco.com. So that's uh, B L O O M R I S E co.com. I'm sure you'll put this in the show notes and all of that. Yes, I will put um, the link in the show notes. Guys. Yeah, you can reach out to me via my website over email and um, book a discovery call and I'd love to chat with you. Um, and I am working both with individuals and teams and law firms. And so if you want to bring this to your organization, I would be more than, more than excited to come in and work with your team. Um, or if it's something that you want to take on an individual, really personalized journey, I'm really excited about doing that with each person and individualizing this experience. So I'd be yeah. thrilled to hear from you. That's awesome.
0: Well, thank you again, Vanessa, for taking the time to sit down. This has been really fun,
1: interesting, and I know it will be helpful to everyone as well. Thank you so much for having me. You're doing amazing work and I am thrilled to be on this awesome podcast.